Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. We have such a fun episode today. I have Hannah Burner from Summer House on Bravo. I, the, actually, the first reality cast member I've ever had, which is kind of weird when I think about it. Hannah isn't like your kind of average person doing like a press and promo tour. She's a person who like really wants to add value and have meaningful conversation. And um, I just like really appreciated her. She was so nice and genuine and funny. And like, I don't know, like a breath of fresh air for somebody who is on a successful reality show. Um, I'm a Summer House fan. My husband and I have been for a while because like we met in New York. I feel like I understand like the East Coast vibe of like the fratty bro and like the magnum of Whispering Angel, uh, you know, with like the Madras shorts and like, you know, the concerning rosacea that alcohol induces, you know, on the one hand, I resent them, but I also feel strangely at home when surrounded by, you know, people wearing their sunglasses as a necklace via croquis and have like critters on their shorts and a nice, you know, Bud Light stain on their polo that when they turn 30 turns into a craft brew stain, you know, and they get drunk and tell you about how like their dad feels like they've like, you know, thrown away their future. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Step one, throw away that dip cup because it's like so foul to carry around a small solo cup of like phlegm, you know, like why, why do people think that's OK? And now I'm projecting this is like more of the Southern persuasion. I went to school with a, like people more like the Shep version of East Coast, bro. Hamptons can be different, but there are also a lot of Sheps in the Hamptons. But anyway, guys, if you're new to this podcast, this is what we do here. I get off topic and then try to loop back. Uh, when you first listen, it seems accidental and borderline off-putting, but over time you'll get used to it. <laughs> it comes kind of a game. Can I trace my steps back? Um, but no, if you're new here, I, I've gotten some feedback lately that if it's a person is new to the podcast, especially because they they come on due to whatever guest we have that week, they're like, we need a smidge of context. Like, what is this? Are you like a mental health or a spiritual or a fitness podcast? Like, what is Be There in Five? Um, and it is important that I clarify. I would sooner carry around my own dip spit cup than run a fitness podcast. And if you're new here, typically uh, I the first 10, 15 minutes, I'll talk about what's going on in the world, do an intro, and then I get to the interview. I don't jump right in. So feel free to skip ahead um, to hear from Hannah. But there's like a couple other things going on in the world, too. I just wanted to touch on. But I'll do so through kind of providing context of this podcast. For starters, I'm Kate. I'm 32. I live in Chicago. And... I am a former corporate marketer turned accidental entrepreneur um, and through a very long series of events, a lot of highs and low, low lows, which I detail on Hannah's podcast this week, Burning in Hell. I um, kind of pivoted my career to do more pop culture commentary that led to this podcast. And I wrote a book that's a satire about influencers called Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star. By far, my favorite thing I do is this podcast. And uh, while I call it a pop culture podcast, I actually think that that it, it, at the same time is both too broad and too narrow. And I say that because I think that pop culture is often over overly attributed to being like a dishy entertainment type podcast. And that's really not how I see this. Um, but also, I feel like we talk about more than the traditional definition of pop culture. There's so many interesting aspects of the time we're in that aren't necessarily covered by mainstream media. And I really feel there's a white space in terms of covering the things that millennial women are talking about that aren't the things that the mainstream media is telling us we're talking about. Like, I don't care about Nicole Kidman wearing Madewell jeans to pump gas. Like, yeah, stars are just like us. That's great. You know, what's a way more interesting fashion story of the day. 
Rachel Parcells winter whites she's been rocking before church on Sundays. I look forward to the photo. Uh, you know, oh, cool Daily Mail, Elizabeth Moss was dancing up a storm at the SAG after party. Like, A, she's a Scientologist, and B, like, I don't care. Uh, frankly, I'm busy because Danielle Bernstein of We Were What is, like, uh, casually trying to take down some woman's entire business by saying she knows the Poshmark CEO and will have her shop pulled instead of taking accountability for her team's own mistake. I Like, these are things that I'm just, like, so enamored by in the moment, and they pass, and they don't make the Daily Mail headlines, but, like, in our microcosm of, you know, the demographic that, like, follows and cares about these people, it's, like, pretty interesting. And, yeah, at the surface, it's like, ugh, an influencer feud, but much deeper, it, it, it brings up issues of... uh you know, like women genuinely supporting women of power dynamics, of being bigger and more powerful than you, of using lawyers to spook people, even if there's no legal grounds of like, you know, the the, the perils of, of small business. Is it your responsibility to correct for somebody else's mistake? And when you agree to cooperate and they decide to be like choosy, you know, tell you the terms in which you are allowed to cooperate when you're like throwing them a favor in the first place, it brings up issues of like, you know, public call outs and how appropriate is that? And like, you're so mad in the moment you want to do it, but then you kind of like reel it back because the other person kind of silences you. It's like it's I, like there's so many layers to these things that I think are so interesting. And if you you know want to talk more about that, to be there in five totally casual, breezy Facebook group. We had a lengthy discussion about that whole ordeal this week. I'm about to do another wave of letting people in. I kind of go through it every week or two. And you have to answer all the questions. Just a heads up. It's never personal. It just takes me a while to comb through them and like a lot of people just want to lurk, which honestly, like, I kind of respect, but I would prefer people that listen to the podcast. So it's a safe space. But anyway, um, yes, yeah, so we covered that story in there. But that my, my whole point is of providing context to the podcast as it relates to kind of, you know, what falls within the parameters of traditional pop culture. Like, I'd sooner cover that we were what story than like the hot celeb stories of the week because they don't always really interest me that much because I think the style of recording it is antiquated and I th often find the characters now to be unrelatable. And as I talked about in my last podcast, uh, the 2020 experience, I do feel like there's this sort of demise of the traditional celebrity. And unless they choose to get on board with social media and to let us in more and to become more human and shed quite literally the mystique that is celebrity, that they're just not going to really move the needle anymore. And um, well, OK, really fast, even though like I don't really care about the Jen and Brad thing for several reasons, I just have to like state my piece with this. I ask you, nay, beg of you to look in the mirror and ask yourself, why are you rooting for them as a couple when he so coldly left her in the dust, cheated on her with like the everyone's worst nightmare of a new woman, just like completely started his own family. He, you know, despite his infidelity, despite his incredible you know, lack of sensitivity, to quote her, lacking a sensitivity chip, despite him going on to do interviews like to tell Parade magazine that he was seeking movies with people with interesting lives because he wasn't living an interesting life at the time. And, you know, he was trying to pretend like his marriage to Jen Aniston was something he, it wasn't like that's so freaking rude. Like he goes on to like diss her, justify his unfaithfulness completely like sore. And he becomes part of this like power couple that's worshipped for the next decade completely ignoring the means it took to get to that, you know, the power coupledom. While Jen, who's the one that was wronged, is the only one that kind of lost in this situation because the past 15 years, she's been dealing with this incredibly sexist narrative about not being able to keep a man, this poor Jen kind of energy that every story about her has this like looming undertone of like, 
unsolicited, unjust pity that she doesn't need. Yet the, you know, media tells us we should feel bad for her because the media is inherently so often sexist in that if you are in your, you know, 40s and aren't married and you don't have a kid, that's all anybody's going to focus on. Like, not your career, not your accomplishments. You know, you know, you can't just date people and break up healthily like normal people do. No, if you and John Mayer don't work out or you and Vince Vaughn don't work out, you can't keep a man like it just frustrates me. Like even though Brad orchestrated it, designed, was responsible for their fallout image wise, I feel like Jennifer Aniston, the one is the one that had like to, to ultimately took the fall. And it frustrates me to no end. And like lest we forget Brad Pitt, like lunging at Maddox drunkenly on a plane to the point where there were child, you know, abuse allegations that were dropped the next day. But the authorities had to be called to like something was wrong. Angelina Jolie filed for divorce the next day. Like something's off there. And I and I feel like it's so interesting how well. OK, so Penn Badgley was talking about the show. You I forget on what medium and I'm probably mincing words here. But he because, you know, when you're watching you, you're kind of like, what it. What are, what are they trying to get across here? Like, what's what's the the point, the symbolism? Like, I feel like there's always like a deeper meaning and his character is like so messed up. And you find yourself like feeling a lot of different ways watching it. And uh, Penn Badgley was saying about his character that he thinks it's kind of commentary on how willing we are to like forgive a white man and how much we're willing to overlook and the ease of redemption that comes with the privilege of being a white male. And when you think about Brad Pitt in that context, it's kind of interesting because, you know, like Penn Badgley, like literally murders people. And granted, he he builds gorgeous acrylic like murder cages or whatever it's called. Um, You know, if I'm if I'm going to be in a cage, I'd love for it to be acrylic. I love ghost chair vibes. I want it to look like Northwest's crib. He really builds those fast. Um, but I do feel like the show does a good job of, of almost confusing the viewer and like he'll murder somebody. But then like later he'll have this like quippy text convo and he's like funny and we're like, oh, my God, stop. And then all of a sudden you're like borderline attracted to him. And it's like, what is my problem? And I think that is I don't know. I just I thought when he said that it was a really fascinating um, take on how we don't even realize sometimes that we're equating character traits that are completely imbalanced in terms of their representation of of who a person is like you know murderer way more important to pay attention to than charming charm somehow so easily eradicates eclipses you know incredibly negative qualities for lack of a better term and i feel like brad pitt is one of those people who has charm and he has looks and no matter what like people will always root for him because his charisma in the moment makes you forget all the stuff like you shouldn't like about him and it pisses me off because I just don't feel like women are given that same grace and I think it's it's I don't know I've just been thinking about this a lot it's like impossible for a female to shake the image the media projects on her we've been like poor Jen for 15 years now like it's wild when you think of things like okay yeah 15 years ago Jude Law was like caught banging his nanny it's kind of embarrassing at the time he was married or engaged to Sienna Miller. You know, we're like, Ew, what a piece of garbage. But like now when you think of Jude Law, like, is that the narrative he's been stuck with for 15 years? No, you're like, oh, my God, he's Mr. Napkinhead. Like, I just it's, it's unfair and justice for Jen. And I just want us all to, like, think long and hard about the fact that, you know, she has been waiting a very long time to get a critical to get more critical acclaim to get an award. And you would think somebody at her phase where she's been acting for like 20, 30 years 
would be jaded and uninterested in the, 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 the accolades. But she, outside of Friends, hasn't really had a role that's gotten her this sort of praise. And we kind of thought Cake might be her moment, but she got nominated for a lot of stuff and never won. Outside of like, you know, Teen Choice Award, like Surfboards or Kids Choice and like Moon Men or like whatever the hell she has, like all of her awards are like, I don't know, like the Critics Second Choice Awards. You know what I mean? Like they're just not like awards. And the SAG Award was a big effing deal for her. And for her to get this award and be so excited and be delivering a speech and like, you know, it's a huge career moment. And the sad thing to me is what we allowed to happen. And even though I don't think nobody is, everybody's well-intentioned in their celebration of uh, this, you know, fleeting reconciliation meme arm grab uh, and him, you know, looking at the monitor with like a knowing smile as she gave her speech, like whatever. Um, I get, I don't think anybody is consciously doing this, but I'm trying to point it out because it really is kind of wild when you think about it and uh, symptomatic of how subconsciously we're so often part of a problem. Because when you step back and look at that whole frenzy that occurred with Jen and Brad, what really happened is that she had an incredible moment in her career where she should have been strictly celebrated for her performance. Yet we allowed, once again, for a man and one who wronged her at that to overshadow a woman's hard-earned accomplishments. And I will never get over the irony of it being for a role that is a depiction of how deep-seated sexism is in this modern era. The morning show is uh, a loose depiction of what happened at the Today Show upon learning of the Matt Lauer sexual assault allegations when he got fired, when everything kind of imploded, when we were at the height of this Me Too movement. It just very brilliantly addresses so many aspects of sexism, workplace power dynamics, toxic masculinity, like it's a it's a really good show. And I think it's a really interesting topic that's, you know, talking about such a recent uh, era we were in. I hate that it's an era like me, too, shouldn't be an era like for the love of God. I hope we're always empowered to speak up about abuses of power, about sexual assault of any kind. But the whole point is it's not always that easy and it's not always that simple because these impossible power dynamics exist. And I don't know. I just like it's just an it's an important issue. And it's the irony is so lost on everybody of how we made her big moment all about Brad. Anyway, well, we'll get into the interview. This I didn't mean to talk for so long, but I do think it's worth mentioning. People are like still memeing it up with this. And I just I, I can't. I urge you to stop. And I also thought this was important because I know Hannah Burner agrees with me on this one with Jen and Brad. Um, but anyway, I. Uh, I like had to laugh too at like the the hyperbolic reaction like comments by celebs was like lit up with all these celebrity ish people that were so excited. And it's like, okay, like Jamie Lynn Spears, easy with the hyperbole. I know you're saying we're going to like be telling our grandkids about this moment, um, but like here's to hoping, praying, I don't know, Jack Johnson sitting, waiting, wishing like that I have something more, far more interesting to say to my grandchildren. Like times are tough if in 40 years all that's in my reservoir of like life experiences and wisdom to pass on to my kin is like me grasping at straws in the form of like the SAG Awards 2020 like think about like, award shows are so like talked about in real time but so innocuous in the grand scheme of things and it's like comical I don't know that was just like a quote I kept seeing like we'll be telling our grandkids about this it's like I'm not going to be telling my grandkids about how annoying it was in 2009 when we kept having to say Precious based on the novel Push by Sapphire or in 2014 when we kept having to say like um, a bird man, the un unexpected virtue of ignorance. Like, is, is it a title or do you have a subtitle? Do we have to say both? Like, pick one. I, it made the award shows even longer. You know, am I still worked up about it? Sure. 
you know, at the end of my life, when I'm, you know, sur- surrounded by little Skylar, Ella, Bella, Madison, Jaden, Grayson, Pippa Poppy, Cairo, do, do I want to be telling them about the SAG Awards? Absolutely not. I hope I have more to say. So Jamie Lynn Spears, I have to disagree with you on that one. I, you know, never saw it coming that we wouldn't be see eye to eye on most things. Um, but anyway, guys, it feels good to have gotten that out there. We'll move on to the interview now. I appreciate your patience. Since I do want to be able to cover some pop culture stuff and have awesome interviews, I try to pair them both into one episode. But anyway, real quick, I, I wanted to also thank this week's sponsor before we get into the interview. It is a company called Rothy's that I'm thrilled to be working with because I've been so aware of them for so long. And they have an impeccable reputation in terms of their comfort and sustainability, especially because when I read more about them, I was like, oh, my gosh, they not only do they make their shoes out of recycled plastic water bottles, but since they've been a company, they've diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills already, which like blows my mind. I've been wearing my pair of Rothy's for several weeks now. I always try things at length before uh, I endorse them. But now I'm like, I, now I understand the hype. They're insanely comfortable. Like I cannot, I cannot emphasize that enough. Typically, so I got a shoe called the Chelsea. It's like a modern take on the white rubber sole, like sneaker without laces but with more of like a high wall silhouette that kind of comes up to my ankles because it's better for like the chicago winter you don't have to wear socks with them or you can doesn't matter comfortable either way which is crazy because i've never had like a new sneaker situation that rubs up against my heel that i haven't had to like interfere with some band-aid situation but um they don't require breaking in they're good right out of the box i got like a cheetah leopard print honestly sometimes i'm not sure the difference but i'll take that on another time uh and they're like a great neutral and they're just so cute i'll post them on instagram and show you and uh i don't know so sometimes like when you have like a great mission or you like you have a product with like a very specific function you do have to forego a bit of the fashion element but these are genuinely stylish and modern and have a great cause behind them and it's kind of a great conversation piece like i look cute and i'm saving the world you know they have a lot of different silhouettes, styles, colors, textures, all the things. They have a the high wall sneaker like I have, the Chelsea, but they also have a more classic sneaker, a loafer, round toe flat, pointy toe flat. Go take a look. They're so cute. They have free shipping, free returns and exchanges, which is important to me because I don't want you to take my endorsement and then be stuck. But I feel confident that you will love them. So go pick out what will inevitably be your new favorite pair of flats at uh, rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash be there in five. That's rothys.com slash be there in five spelled like the show f-i-v-e and uh yeah take a look around i really don't think you'll be disappointed and i'm just like to be working with a company that both has a high quality product and is socially responsible and i think they're awesome and thank you for sponsoring the episode so now on to hannah let's go down to the tennis court and talk it up like yeah okay guys i'm so excited to have hannah burner on the podcast with me today she is uh well you were a professional and college tennis player right yeah i played you you played we've seen on summer house we'll get into that um content creator video producer like funniest tweets and brilliant at making memes you're oh, hilarious you. you've recently ventured into comedy you're probably most widely known for being on bravo summer house first season was last season the second time you're on for the fourth season right yes and um now she's like crushing it with her podcast burning in hell and she interviews guests about like their anxieties fears i always say hopes dreams fears and regrets like I love getting in deep convos and I love your podcast because you get it out of people. Thank you. I cannot wait. We're doing back to back today, you guys. So Kate is going to be on Burning in Hell yes. and it's going to get dark. I'm so excited. I, I'm like darker than I think a lot of people. I think we're all darker than people probably think we are, right? Yeah, well, definitely 
um, the fact that we have a sense of humor, people are like, oh my God, they're so joyful and witty. Right. And just think, it's like, no, because we're trying to ignore the thoughts in our head that are dark and scary. So we try to just laugh it off a lot. Right. Like deflection. Ever heard of it? Yeah. It's really healthy. <laughs> Disassociation is the key to happiness. Exactly. <laughs> no, but what I love too is like you get, you know, you already had a great career with creating content and you worked at Betches and had your own thing going on. And when you got on TV, you could have easily just like done the in- typical influencer thing, but it was brilliant to start a, po- start a podcast and beyond that, start one that actually has like legitimate conversations where you're not like a housewife pretending like not to be on mass amounts of Xanax. Like <laughs> people are always like trying to pretend like they're so together and like, what's the point? Like, come on. Well, that's what happened at Betches. I was interviewing all these reality TV people and entrepreneurs and successful people. And when I'd interview them, I'm like, oh my God, they're a mess. And I would put it on a pedestal. Like these people were living the lives I wanted. They didn't have a boss. They would just go around and like look hot and go on interviews. And I'm like, that's the life. And then I was like, I want to make a podcast that kind of gets people that you're inspired by or think have their shit together and just rip them apart Yeah. to realize like, oh, they're dealing with the same stuff you are. Maybe they're just overcoming it better. Maybe they're not overcoming it. And they're successful because they're fucked up in the head. Yeah. Like I had Ryan Serhant on. Oh my God, Ryan. So, it, he's amazing, but it was almost like sad. He was like, yeah, I'll never be happy. I can never take vacation. I need to constantly, like my wife wants to kill me because I never turn off and I never stop working. And I'm like, so that's how you become a multimillionaire. Okay. Right. Um, it's like, but how about that commission? That looks nice. <laughs> like he's so rich. I would just, so like, rich. honestly, I still think money can buy happiness. So like, I just hate when it, that people tell me they can't. It's, I ultimately, I don't think about money that much, to be honest. Yeah. I'm a Leo. So my chart says that money is naturally like surrounding me. As in, like, I don't have to worry about it. My thing is, I just want the minimal amount of money to, like, live in a studio with my cat. Interesting. That's what I need. And I think there's always a level of money that, like, money does bring happiness to an extent. Yes. But there's all these studies that show, like, too much money can cause more drama. Right. People who win the lottery commit suicide. Right. Like, so find what your minimum is. And then once you get that, then fulfill, like, your joys. And then I ultimately think once you fulfill your joys money just starts trickling in in weird places that sounded creepy but no totally I, I think when you come from a place of like needing less there's more abundance Ooh, that when was you're beautiful. not thinking about like I, and I everything I've done in my life the stuff that lands is when I didn't need it to work yes <laughs> you know well, I was reading your story which I'm fascinated by and I do feel like when you do things not for the money and just that result there's normally like a longer enjoyment and success with it yes totally you have nothing to lose right Mm -hmm. we were just talking about how we both like hannah is now like touring and doing stand-up sets is that in the past year you've gotten into that i started my first my first time i ever did stand-up was in front of 250 people at caroline's which you did last night which is such a great milestone in your career and i did it in april so i've been doing comedy for like nine ten months but I, um, I dated a stand-up for a year and like it was very immersive in his like stand-up life and it was very inspirational to me. I didn't even know if I wanted to do stand-up at the time, but it showed me that like you could do something you love that like typically doesn't make money and like he was making money. It's like when yeah. you're a kid and you're like, yeah, I love writing books. They're like, I love painting watercolor, but I'll never make money. No, fucking figure out how to make yeah. money. You will, you right. can. I hate, that. I'm bringing up, you guys love reality TV, right? I assume. Oh, I will be grilling you all about Good, it. Good, because yeah. like, I call it shitty TV as in like, that's what I'm like, I need to just get home, watch my shitty TV and numb my brain. But 
it's like the bachelor when they say are you there for the right reasons like are you doing what you're doing for the right reasons yes <laughs> like, totally if you're just if you just go on the bachelor to get famous like you're not going to be successful on it even though right. that's what everyone is but it's like if you're doing a job just to make money or doing a job just to make your mom happy or, or dating a guy just because it looks good on paper right you're not gonna be successful right well in like the bachelor's case unless you're hannah g and you look like a porcelain doll <laughs> I love when people find the pre-photos, like yes. Colton's um, current girlfriend. What's her name? Um, Cassie. Cassie. They found like photos. Like Cassie, I think is the most stunning, beautiful girl. But it's like the Marilyn Monroe thing. Like she was cute before, right. and then she got a couple little changes, and right. now she's like stunning for what our society says is pretty. And to be honest. I'm I'm setting a goal for myself. I don't want to touch my my face. Really? As a reality TV person and in as a woman who's 28, I'm already feeling a little pressure. I just want to put my foot down and say I'm not doing it. Like I'm not going to touch my face. That's like amazing because I think it's so uh, every time I see myself on video, I <laughs> I literally made a Kybella consultation after I watched the video of my first live show. <laughs> I had I, I was like you know when you're nervous and you look down? I was like, do you watch Vanderpump Rules? Of course, yes. I like literally was telling this doctor, Brittany Cartwright's like chin journey for like 10 minutes because she got Kybella and like it, like it changed her look. It, it makes you look like you lost 25 pounds. It does. Yeah. And then I was like, what am I doing? And like, why do I care? I didn't get into this. Like, I'm not in a beauty pageant. I'm not trying to like parade my looks. <laughs> like, it's about what I'm saying. Well, yeah, it's also like we're, we're personalities and like business people and yeah, my job is not to look like a porcelain doll. And I, I don't value myself as a porcelain doll. Right. I don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, if I was a porcelain doll, I'd be better. <laughs> I just, my thing with plastic surgery is like, uh, my perspective is ask yourself why you want to do it. Like, what's the why? It's like, are you actually heartbroken about the guy? Do you actually need to change your nose? Or is there like a deeper thing? Like, do you have to just talk to your father? Yeah. Like, figure out what that is. Because then you'll just keep going under the knife. And I also think like, I was watching a movie from like 10 years ago when all the girls, I was like, oh my God, their lips are so thin. It just, it was a thing back then. Like no yeah. one had, it just, there's like these trends. So it's like, instead of changing yourself for like the current trend that people think is attractive, like try to love yourself for just like, it's so hard, but like love yourself for the face you have. Yeah. And I hope like I'm single, but I hope my significant other likes me for like my imperfections that make me me. Yeah. And I don't want to just turn into have they all start fucking looking like the same person? Well, that's the other thing too. We have a bunch of Brielle Beermans like walking around this planet, and it's just Brielle terrifying. Just, I saw she dissolved Instagram. her. Filler. She dissolved her fillers. And I'm like, good for you, girl. And I don't like being this like anti plastic surgery person, but it's more like I just want women to fucking like wake up in the morning and be like, I fucking love. Like, do you think men are looking in the mirror like dissecting their faces? Right. No, I want us to be like our own. Like, there's so many things to value besides, like, if my lips look like Kylie Jenner's. Right. Also, Kylie Jenner's not happy. No. There's no <laughs> way in hell she is. Also, um, Kendall Jenner has, like, the worst anxiety in the world. Like, right. you're, it's not going to fix anything. No, you're, you're dead I'm on. I'm all worked up right now. I'm sorry. I just went on a huge rant, but. No, I, I, I appreciate it, and I get it. And I feel like you as a person newish to TV, like, that's a big stance to take or a commitment to make to yourself because you could pick yourself apart putting yourself on a public platform you're opening yourself up to people's feedback that you don't want yeah and what I loved about you on summer house well I actually loved are you and Paige still good friends we are the best of okay, friends good. we talk every day she's my um 
partner crime lover. Uh, I think you guys are such a fun duo. And what I loved about you is that you're completely different, but like you have such fun banter and like, she's more high maintenance and like every <laughs> single hair is in place. Like yeah. that girl is perfect. Like I I've was never seen a frizzy hair day on that girl. It's remarkable. And we're in the humid hand Hamptons every weekend. My mark of like, you know, your look, you know, you're beautiful when you look good wet. <laughs> And Paige would be like in the pool. And I'm like, you are a vision. <laughs> good for her. Sorry, I just pulled something. Oh, wait, can you hear okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay, good. Yeah. No, she's stunning. I think what happened with Summer House is you'll see in the beginning, I was like really put together. And then each episode you see like, you're like, did she wear that shirt already? And then it's like, she didn't brush her hair this morning. <laughs> then like, because in, in the mornings, you know, they like come in around 10 a.m. Yeah. to start filming. And there's always cameras. Summer House yeah. which is pretty cool. But like, you know when the big cameras come and you're like, oh, I'll put some foundation on. By the end, I was like, I don't, I can't keep up. <laughs> right, because if it's not your actual life to do that, it's a charade. Yeah, it's a charade. And I think I did go on the show to be like, I don't want to go on the show to be like, I'm on TV. I'm better than everyone. Look at me. It's more like, hey, I'm on TV and I'm, on, I'm the same as everyone. Yeah. But even me, I could see how like if you see yourself at all these angles you and people say stuff. Like <laughs> recently, people, someone was joking that I had buck teeth and like no one's ever made fun of my teeth before. And yeah. I'm 28. I'm like, how did I not? I, had, I feel like I should know what I should be insecure about by this age. And I was like, I, my teeth are fine. Someone's like, your teeth are kind of big. And I was like, but they're not like coming anyway. So like you find things that you didn't even know you right. should be insecure and about. And accept them as true. <laughs> and I remember I went to get my teeth whitened. I've done that. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I think, I'd say that's acceptable. I think it's acceptable. But. I was with a dentist. This is what happens. Not always are people just like sad with themselves and they're calling up doctors. You just get put in positions like I got a free teeth whitening. Mm-hmm. And the dentist was like, if you ever need anything, let me know. And I just looked at her and I said, what would you do? What would you recommend? Oh, Which was like, that shit could go yeah. down. <laughs> yes. And she looked at me and she goes, you know, we could shave the bottom um, to even it out a little more of your top teeth. And I was like, interesting. And she goes, but overall, it's pretty good. We could, you know, straighten the bottom ones if you if you want to. You don't have to. And I was like, it's that easy for a doctor to just be like, we can make some changes coming tomorrow. Yeah. So it's really like it, 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 it becomes really easy as you're like you have following and you're on TV that people will be like, oh, do you want your hair done? Oh, do you want free Botox? Oh, do you want this? Yeah. So that's just our society that tells women like well you need a change now right right no I, I I would have so I would really struggle with the like cameras of it all like not posing like 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 where are they like like was that hard to not be so aware of <laughs> well, where they are as a video producer my job at Betches was to make these funny one minute videos so my job would be like I'd act in it I'd know who was filming and I'd kind of direct it and know how I wanted to edit it yeah. So for me to then go to reality TV, they, the producers told me in the beginning, they were like, you were so aware of the cameras and it was very obvious. And like, they would tell me, they're like, stop, stop. So I had to like numb that part of my brain yeah. that wanted to be like, like someone would say something and I'd like make a face on purpose. <laughs> you, you like think you're Jim from the office? Yeah. Oh my God, so many times I just, like Kyle would say some ridiculous shit to Amanda. I just want to be like, help me. Yeah. Um, but I realized that with the show, I would have like, whenever the cameras are on you, which is all day, I would just be like on all the time, like try- like a podcast, yes. just trying to be like funny banter all the time. And then I, I realized I was like, all of it's cut. There's no relevant story in it right. that they're going to use. And then I think this season, I actually, 
I'd argue as I was more, mostly more myself, but like I didn't try as hard. Yeah. And I was more just like, I opinionated in that I didn't know these people in the beginning and I'm not one to start confrontations for no reason. Yeah. But after we spent the whole winter together, like we were really close after the first season. We had so much fun. And then it's like coming the second season that I was in, I was like, I have opinions now. Oh, it's complicated. I've seen Kyle and Amanda and now I can like say things because I I've spent a lot of time with you guys or like me and Paige are like sisters at this point. Or like me and Lindsay have had a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. So I'm. I think a- Lindsay's had ups and downs with everybody ever, yeah. including the viewers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, I know you can't say anything, you know, but she's on. She's good on the show because she's polarizing. I think a lot of people, a lot of times that's the case with characters and they kind of know that yeah. about themselves, too. But yeah, she she gets mad because I was always like, you you scare me. But it's like, that's how I deal with stuff like with humor and i would just joke about it oh my god there was the funniest scene okay first of all i thought you were incredibly likable you were like low-key funny and i didn't think you were trying hard in a way that it seemed like a lot of people's talking heads are like and yours weren't you were just like funny like there's a difference between trying to be funny and just being a funny person and um, I thought you were so good on the show. You and Paige were a breath of fresh. I oh, like, thank you. I, I was worried after season two. I, I, we, my husband actually really likes the show too. Cause like I'm from the East coast. Like we've met in New York. Where are you from? Um, Virginia. Oh, cool. Um, we love the show. And like it's last year we thought drama. you guys were so funny and we were dying at the scene where like Lindsay like tells you, you need to be more something. And then you try very robotically to do that thing. <laughs> And she doesn't like it either. What was it? Well, she was telling me she wanted me to be more feminine. Uh, and, that's um, rude. I love. Okay, she said it in front of my dad. And my dad is like my tennis coach, as you guys know. And he like, my dad's the kind of guy that like, he'll see me wearing nail polish. And he's like, what's that? Why are you wearing that? Like, my dad just wants me to be his like little tennis player yes. forever. So her saying we want to girlify Hannah is his nightmare. And I was like, my dad's about to have a altercation with Lindsay right now. But you could just see, like, he just had a face. Like, my dad was a little in shock by the whole experience just walking in. But afterwards, he was like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) And I was like, dude. And he's like, that was weird. And I was like, I know. I've been been navigating that for a while. And what? So... In what context, though, does she tell you that? Like, I, did, I think that's incredibly rude. And, like, who cares? It's just my thing is we started off weird. I think we're both a little bit alpha. Like, I'm not – I just, like, I'm not quiet or, like, yeah. past, I'm not a follower, you yeah, could say. I don't uh-huh. think I'm alpha. I'm just not a follower. And she – you know, it's her show. Her, she was one of the OGs, and I was the new girl. And I think I came in with, like, humor, and I wasn't, like, scared to speak up. And then when she started to make, she just started to make little comments about like me being like boyish because mm. a lot of people on reality TV are like perfectly put together and I'm really not because like I really, I don't even look in the mirror that often. Yeah. I Sometimes I think it's healthy. Like look in the mirror, envision yourself like your hottest fucking Instagram photo and be like, that's me. We're leaving that. <laughs> yeah. Because if you feel that way, you probably look that way to most people. I felt like she was projecting some of her own insecurities where like, she had just had a makeover like she had went under the knife to get her boobs bigger and she was like her lips are oh different. she did i couldn't tell and from all the deep v's <laughs> and like i t- i wish that's i wish she i don't know it's it's hard we just have very different perspectives yeah. on those things so when she was telling me i need to like grow she even would be like we need to teach Hannah how to flirt and i was like honey don't i don't have trouble with men don't worry about that's me. triggering for me people used to say that to me don't worry about me yeah. with men 
Like I have my way about me and I'm always going to be myself. And that's why that's how you, you don't get stuck with the wrong people. Let me be myself. Right. And I was fucking fooling around and having fun. And like you were the hottest dude of anybody. <laughs> British Dave was kind, he was decent. He's he was also six, seven. Like, oh, I, oh, I didn't climb know he was that him tall. like a fucking tree. Whoa. Yeah. Thing is, his you penis was too big. Oh, really? Yeah. It was an, it was a problem. Did you say that on the show? I feel I like I've heard that before. And I, I don't might, know why. I, mean, I, I say it everywhere. Like I, re- <laughs> uh, I good think for Dave. He has such a good. He was. He's the best. The problem. He's in Australia now. He uh, just like always wanted to. He, New York was like a stop for him. Yeah. And we were, we never like got to that point where we like saw a real like dating future together. Yeah. And I've I just like we'll, we'll always be good friends yeah. and like have a very flu- like we had sex two months ago like we just we always yeah <laughs> yeah you'll always yeah but um I didn't think he was like the one for me got it but I like because yeah he's all over the place and he didn't find like a passion yet in his career like he was like in finance which I thought was yeah. cool because we we're different but he was like I don't know what I want to do I think I want to be a doctor I'm like you're 32 <laughs> like what are you talking so <laughs> you have 12 years of like school left to go <laughs> I was like you're gonna be 80 buddy yeah. but he's he's like figuring his shit out and he's just one of the many people that I think I'm going to meet in my life who were like he's really great yeah like special for its own reason like a lot of people can be special but doesn't mean you have to like be their life partner I love I had Margaret Josephs on my podcast who I oh, love yeah, who yeah. you need to have on if you haven't she's no. amazing from Real Housewives in New Jersey and she's known for cheating on her husband with a, um, the construction guy in her house and then right. she married him right yes and I was like Marge do you think that you married the wrong guy? And she goes, no, he was the right guy that I want to have kids with. In the mm-hmm. moment, he was that right person for me. Mm-hmm. And now Joe is the right guy for me. And I was like, wow. Because society tells you like, there's just that like one soulmate. And you, it's like, you know what? Life is about a lot of different relationships, also with friends. Oh, totally. So um, that was cool to hear like a fellow woman be like, I'm happy and I didn't do it the way the book says. Well, and like, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that like, Marriage is such a gamble because you don't know who you're going to become and you either grow in parallel or, you know, in, or you don't. And like, I think that like, I don't, I'm so grateful. Like 20 year old me isn't making decisions for 30 year old oh me. But if you meet your spouse and get married young, when you're that young, that's kind of what can happen. Yeah. And sometimes it really works. And I, yeah. I've been with my now husband for a while, but like, my parents I, have been together since they're 24. Yeah. And for some people, like they really vibe, but like what you are looking for in a college boyfriend is different from what you're looking for. And like the big city boyfriend is different from a husband, different mm-hmm. from a dad, different from a person taking care of you when you're old. All those oh are different gosh, versions yeah. of people that yeah. you don't see until you're in that context. And, and some evolve and some don't. Yeah. And it's not like a reflection of you necessarily. Right. And also life is like, it's we're this not to get to, we're just a bunch of like leaves floating in the wind. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. You just have to be empathetic with yourself and like, learn how to cope with that stuff right and I I feel like even with careers like I think oh I'm 28 um what if I was doing this at 23 and it's like 23 year old Hannah wouldn't have had the confidence to go on tv defend herself mm-hmm. put myself out there I didn't know who I was I was so confused I would have been obsessed with like how I was coming off where like 28 year old me was like there was I had bigger picture I was like I'm here to show that like women could be you know, bosses and creative and funny and athletic. And like, I was like, I want to just like, I, I, I mean, now I realize like, it's really just amazing entertainment. <laughs> but like, I didn't, I went in with that like social like, yeah. purpose. It all got cut out. But no, I'm just kidding. The, like, I, I'm not a reality star. I'm an activist. <laughs> 
they're like, sit the fuck down. But the one thing I do want to say about the tennis that I'm going to, they know that I've, I've like yelled at them in a funny way. Is that like in the very beginning, they were like, can you just explain your tennis career to us? Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. And they're like, can you send us some tennis pictures? I'm like, sure. That was really the extent of it. Yeah. And like I referenced tennis a, kind of when I was at the house, but it was really like that one interview. Yeah. They then replayed the same interview like six times with the same montage and people started losing their shit. They were like, if this Hannah girl talks about tennis one more time. And I'm like, they did like a mini 30 for 30 in every episode. And I was like, granted, I didn't have they that did. great storyline. But I was like, I said it once. I said it once or twice. And it's in every episode. And I'm sorry. So now like we'll be in interviews. And I'm like, no, I'm not talking about <laughs> no, they like that. They really focused on tennis for you. And I think that's why as the season went on, I was like, she's a lot more than tennis. Like, I wish they kind of. But because it was not distracting, but yeah, you just become like You're tennis just kind girl. of like wide. Yeah. And I think I also didn't bring up tennis to be like, guys, I was a fucking great tennis player. I brought up tennis to be like, hey, this sport that everyone put me on pedestal for that I identified with myself from eight to 22 years old actually caused me a lot of anxiety and made me realize like just because you're good at something doesn't mean it's what you're meant to do right and like I've never felt more in alignment than I do now even though I was like naturally athletic and like put you know every single day on the court it didn't mean that it was my purpose so I was trying to like convey that um so yeah I just get like attacked on Twitter a lot not attacked but people are just like do you play tennis do you play tennis do you play tennis and I'm like hey yeah then I'm like, if I'm a dude talking about my basketball career, people be like, oh, yeah, his basketball career is really tough. But um, yeah, so that's right. my update with tennis. Well, really fast with every tennis. Like, how good were you? Can you just brag for a second? You were like okay. nationally ranked. Well, when like- I was 14, I was ranked like top 15 in the nation. I left my my home and when I was 14 years old to go to a tennis academy in Florida where I, oh, wow. I started playing internationally. Like, I was on the route to play professionally. I like kind of got an eating disorder and like I was ranked like 250 in the world in 18 and under when I was like 16, but I like really wasn't happy. I missed my family. I was like having terrible anxiety and depression and I went back home at like 16 and I told my dad like, I'm a mess. And like my dad, I remember we went on the court and he was like, hit this ball. After you hit it, tell me if you want to play or if you don't anymore. If you quit, I still love you. Like, wow, I have goosebumps. We had this like important moment. I remember hitting it and being like, let's get, let's get back on the train. Let's keep playing. And I ended up playing for the boys team in my high school in New York City because we didn't have a girls team. No way. And we ended up like winning the like New York school, um, city championship. And I got like, I think there's a movie script there. Th- there's something. Well, the cool <laughs> thing is then there was like the singles tournament and they were like, there were a lot of coaches that were mad that I was playing on the boys team. And they were like, she has to play with the girls because it's not fair that they have a girl ringer on the boys team type thing. Simple. So I, I had so much pressure to win the girls league. Yeah. Cause it was like, I was given the opportunity to play with the boys and I ended up, it was, I was so nervous though. Like that whole situation, people were like, Oh, how incredible. I had so much anxiety. I couldn't sleep during like the whole tournament. Cause I had so much pressure on me, like the New York times and the daily news. We're wow. all like there. Yeah. I ended up winning it. And then I went to University of Wisconsin. Yeah. And they gave they, uh, um, a whatever it's a they gave money to my high school to start a women's tennis team. 
that my dad then coached. Shut up. So like, that it is really such was a cool beautiful story. story. And like he, I, it was basically like I was leaving him like you're not my coach anymore. But then he was able to like give back to these girls who were inspired by me and like my story. Yeah. And it was just fucking awesome. And I played professionally when I was 16 in Florida. I played a couple of tournaments. But um, then in college at the end, I was like, I don't, playing professionally in tennis is being an entrepreneur. Like, yeah, I would just like burn through money and they don't pay for your travel. No one pays. Like if you join a basketball team, you don't pay anything. Mm. So tennis is you're on your own. Oh, solo sport. Yeah. Yeah. So I w- if you don't get to like top 200 in the world, you're not making money. And I was like, I don't know if I could hit top 200. I think I could hit top 600. Yeah. Which is fucking great. Right. But I'd be broke. And I was like, this doesn't make me happy anymore. It was the worst breakup of my life when I was like 22. And then I did marketing, sales. I did cold calling. And then I decided at 25, I want to do video. Whoa. That's I'm so interested in even though you joke about the tennis thing being over talked about. (laughs) I actually think that there's something so interesting there. I like I played I had like a four ish year stint where I played like serious serious volleyball like cool. I was on a national team like traveled I didn't go to homecoming Volleyball's like such a cool sport it but like it's con- it, it was it was a good experience but it was so consuming and to be doing two a days and tournaments and to forego your social life and to do all this shit when like I was never gonna play I'm too sh- I'm not even short I was too short to play in college and I look back on it and I'm like how can we like re approach sports in a way where you don't have to be the best one and it can be recreation, well, but com- when you're good, it's fun to be the best one. But if you go back to what we were saying, like it, it shouldn't be result oriented. Yeah. What you're saying is it, it should be about like, wow, um, I had this incredible experience with this team and meeting girls and understanding work ethic and yeah. teamwork. And also when you're the best, it's like so much pressure. Like every time I got on the court, everyone was like, Hannah needs to win yeah. so like I never got excited when I won and if I lost it was like I would c- cry for three days and yeah. I didn't lose that much but when I did it was like the worst and when I won I would still get criticized like my dad or, or my coach would be like you're not like I and I would just have all these mental problems on the court but I was I would win a lot yeah so like I don't know I was just like entrapped in this weird place and I would and I was like 24 25 I would just like cry in bed because I was like why did I sacrifice everything for tennis like I didn't understand it I was yeah. like universe god whoever like why it's your identity up until that point yeah I'm like why did I push my I could have quit every single day and I still pushed and like now I'm just fucking like an assistant in a marketing company yeah and then I realized like it came full circle because like stand-up is the same as tennis whoa like in what way it's an individual sport you go out there, yeah. you're performing, you have the variables of the crowd, you have to believe in yourself. But for the first time, I'm doing something that I don't, I'm not doing for anyone else. I'm not doing for a coach or my dad yeah. or my mom. And there's no money that like my family's investing that makes, like, cause we didn't, we didn't come from wealth. Yeah. So like I was 14 years old and my parents like took out a mortgage for me to go. Wow. Like it's a lot of pressure. And now I'm, I have this like reemergence of a a new life with mm. creativity, which is actually what brought me so much joy when I was a kid. Like mm. I loved acting, I loved painting and sports. My parents put me in cause I was hyper and hyperactive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't shut up. Yeah. No, I love those that too, because I do think that like the most pure thing is what a kid is doing. A kid doesn't, isn't like all in their own head. They're not doing things yeah. for any other reason yeah. than their own pure enjoyment. And then over time we, 
negotiate with ourselves. We argue for our limitations, say why we can't do those things professionally. Like we were talking about earlier, you lose them. You lie to yourself only to come back to them because things get so complicated in life. You need that like purity and joy. It's even like with going, I like to just make circles, but like the plastic surgery thing, like when you're five years old, are you looking in the mirror saying that your nose isn't good enough? Right. No, you're just immersed in yourself. And I, whenever I'm in a depression or anxious, I'm like, what would like young Hannah, what was young Hannah like? Right. What was that joy? What was, cause that's you. It's still you. I also, um, we did a quick battery swap, but I also want to say too, what was like the beauty of this, uh, podcast <laughs> recording today is that it was supposed to be at one and <laughs> Hannah was like, you want to, you know, I'll be at like one ten, And I was like trying to feel her out. I'm like, you know, we could do like a one thirty. Uh, cause like, I'm like, I was like dead. I woke up at like noon. I was like, I need to eat. I need to like shower. I had like, I had, I mean, full on, I had a full smoky eye this like today at noon from last night. I'm like, this is going to take 20 minutes to get off. And, um, then she's like, yeah, totally one thirty. And then, um, I think we, no, I said, well, I was like, let's do one forty five. Yeah. She said one forty five, And I was like, TBH, I'll be there at one fifty. And then I got here at 2.10. And I got there at 2.10 too. The fact we did this today is a miracle. I live in Queens. It takes like half an hour to get here. And what happened is I just, I'm the same way. It's like a stalemate. Like we could never probably be friends in real life. Nobody would come. Also, all I did last night was my friend had invited me to watch Real Housewives of Dallas. He's actually one of the producers of it. Oh, nice. So it's so fun to watch with him because I'm like, is she like that? And he's like, I'm not telling you. Anyway. So we just got wine drunk and I was there till one and um, couldn't even get out of bed this morning because I'm old now and um, I haven't recovered from summer house last season, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I OK, speaking of that, I'm going to ask you a few questions that my my personal um, questions about summer house. But per the drinking, um, Courtney and I were talking about this. Uh, so whenever I have like a really fun weekend. I think a lot of people are like this on Sunday, you feel incredibly depressed and anxious, hungover Start. week starts again. But not only that, you guys have to clean Ugh. and pack, which are two other sources of anxiety Ugh. for me. And then go on a long ass drive Ugh. where you think about all your choices. I think Is that's that all what makes the show, the show though. Like yeah. it wouldn't be the same if we like took a blade, a helicopter True. and like threw ourselves in every, it's the end of a hard week. Especially when I was at Betches, I would work like full time with Jordan during the week. And <laughs> Jordan, is and he on this season? He's a friend. Like he'll, you'll see him. He okay. definitely makes his presence known. And then we get in a car and then you're there for five hours. Cause it's always like during the worst traffic. So by the time we get to the house, I already want to strangle everyone in the car. Right. And then you start drinking. Cause you're like, let's forget the week. We start drinking. So then by a 9 PM dinner, no wonder we all are like losing our minds. Right. And then by Sunday, it all hits us that we have to leave. We have to go to work. And if you get had like a big fight during the week, you we all try to navigate like whose car we go in. Like I'll be texting Paige like, I'm not letting someone so come in our car. I can't deal five hours of that shit. So is it five hours? It's like in bad three traffic. and a half to five hours. Oh, and you stop for Starbucks. Like it's that kind of drive so much. But that's why this sh- also we like plan our own parties. We get our own, like they don't tell us what to do, but then like, they're like, you have to clean. Like imagine That's them telling biggest question. Sonia Morgan, like, okay, you have to clean your party. She yeah. Bla- well, clearly she doesn't clean her townhome. <laughs> <laughs> I sneeze watching she was it. She's a bad example. <laughs> like Ramona, it would be hilarious. Right. But what I love about Summer House is just that the show is, it's so real because the best footage is a lot of the time, like, when we were in the jacuzzi at night, 
I had no fucking clue that they could get audio there. Me and Paige didn't know for a long time that there was a microphone behind our bed. And we would just whisper in the bed and be like, oh my God, he's playing this game. We're like, oh my God, Lindsay was being so mean. And then we realized like halfway and we're like, what have we been saying? That is terrifying. <laughs> Even the first episode, you'll see me leaving the kitchen with Paige and being like, oh, I'm scared. It's like a, a shark. What I, I forget what I said, yeah. but I said something. I was talking about being on the show yeah like this is so scary and they aired it and they air it because i didn't know that they would catch me like just like walking from one room to another whispering to Paige and being like i was like it's a lion's den i said something like that yeah so they capture the best stuff and that's why it's fun for me to watch because i'm like nope don't remember saying that not that i was drunk i just don't right. it, it wasn't like a oh how are you yeah and the best <laughs> drama is never like forced well, and the fact that it's kind of like a Vanderpump Rules meets Big Brother meets real yes, world. Because nobody it. else has, you know, T-Rav doesn't have, you know, Blair Witch Project <laughs> night vision cams watching him bone hookers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I, but I also love the mix of like, you see the habits of people, like how Kyle and Amanda are in bed when like he farts on her. Or like, yes. how I always sleep with half my head like off the bed, which is really funny. You see... A lot of thongs. A lot of thongs. Oh. I'm like granny panties all the way. When I hooked up with British Dave, I was legit wearing granny panties. Um, so those are those little details yeah. that I think are like so fun to watch with our show because reality TV normally like you, you don't see those little yeah. things. Well, and like, okay, so with having sex on camera, could you theoretically just go do it somewhere else? Coming in hot with the cliffhangers today. Um I wanted to thank our next and final sponsor, which is HelloFresh. And I also, when I have a new sponsor, sometimes I know you're probably like, get to the point. You're like, why are you taking this long for an ad? And it's not really about the ad. It's that I want to explain why specifically I choose the companies I do, because there's a lot of companies that do similar things. And there's a specific reason why I might prefer something over the other and want to share about it. And um, HelloFresh is no exception. You know, I've been vocal about my journey with uh I, I, all the things cooking, like I hate cooking. I hate finding recipes. I hate wasting food. My husband, like last weekend, he was like, I support you and your endeavors. And I know, like, I love that you ambitiously grocery shop, but like we have four rotting heads of iceberg lettuce and the crisper. And meanwhile, I'm kind of like, thanks a lot, crisper. Clearly you're not doing your job, but also I am the problem because I'm like just, you know, assuming one day I'll blow his mind with something, you know, wildly inventive, like a wedge salad. Yet I don't even do that. Um, it's like actually a big problem for me. And I feel like I've just been grazing and eating unhealthily and I needed a solution. And my friends that are podcasters uh, that work with HelloFresh and use it were like, no, it's actually really good. And it's perfect for somebody kind of like in your situation. So I gave it a go. And, you know, in the past, I've been plagued with like how complicated recipes are. And like the chopping, and I'm like, why am I making a chutney? Like, can you just give me the chutney? It's, it's, it's not joyful for me to spend the entirety of my evening washing every ramekin I own following, uh, you know, doing a complicated recipe. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm always on the hunt for something uh, simple and affordable. And uh, when I tried HelloFresh last week, I actually put it on Instagram. I didn't tag who it was because I was actually legitimately trying to see if I liked it first. And I mean, I don't like want to overstate or get ahead of myself, but like I maybe am like missing my calling as a chef of fine foods. These chicken fajitas blew my mind. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> I was like taking pictures. I like paraded them around. I asked Greg four times how he felt about them. I'm normally very outspoken about chicken tacos. Like this is the thing with me. I really, I really feel like 
taco wise it's it's beef pork fish or bust because i find chicken to be like a little dry and uninteresting but i gotta say like whatever whatever it is i did it was so delicious and i don't know i'm also like self-employed and sometimes i just like need the self-satisfaction pat on the back to like feel proud of myself and accomplished and i feel like this has been a funny thing where i'm like using it to feel good at the end of the day you know what i mean it's it's nice to tangibly see something come together that you made with your hands and like lastly sorry <laughs> i like literally have a lot to say about this um i you know hot tip i'm learning so much and this is this is my takeaway lime crema guys you squeeze lime juice into sour cream and mix a tiny bit of water drizzle it over a taco and watch magic ensue this was the most simple thing i could possibly have done that honestly was it really made all the difference and i'm thrilled to be implementing this um you know condiment into my meals going forward but anyway I've had a great experience so far with HelloFresh and was excited they wanted to sponsor an episode because I am their target demographic. Like, I have an unpredictable schedule. I don't naturally love to cook. I hate grocery shopping. I hate parsing out ingredients. I hate wasting food. I don't feel like inspired or interested in like finding recipes, but yet I'm obsessed with meals and like want them to be interesting so badly. I don't know. I just had a revelation. It makes a lot of sense for me. I'm really enjoying it so far. And, uh, it's affordable too. Like when you break it down, it comes down to something like, well, it's, it starts at $5 and 66 cents per serving, which is very affordable, um, for a meal. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, guys, give it a try. They're America's number one meal kit. I mean, how can you not? So if you are interested also in, um, receiving seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door that are fun, easy, and affordable, um, go to hellofresh.com slash be there in 510. Now let me explain this. It's the show be there in five spelled out F-I-V-E and then the number 10. And you'll also use code be there in five number 10. Be there in 510. So hellofresh.com slash be there in 510 and use code be there in 510. Um, and the reason it's the number 10 is because they're still in their uh, New Year's sale where they're offering 10 free meals, including free shipping, which is awesome. So again, hellofresh.com slash be there in five F-I-V-E, the number 10. And use code be there in 510. Thanks to HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. Send me your T's and P's as I venture into making pork tonight. And now back to Hannah. Well, and like, okay, so with having sex on camera, could you theoretically just go do it somewhere else? So what we do is we go in the bathroom at night. Okay. So and you'll they'll show it. Like they'll show you go in the bathroom or you'll make noises. Yeah, or whatever. like pantry. And I like I didn't have sex in my bed. I just couldn't. Yeah. But like, I think there were times like like you make out whatever you I know Carl's done the move where he puts a shirt over over the camera. Um, but a lot of time, like sometimes you're just drunk. Like, I don't remember make like I do remember, but you're not thinking. Right. When no, you're, it's 2 a.m. and you get home with like a big tall British man. And you're just like, oh, I love me. Oh, I love yeah, right. Face. Right. Um, <laughs> this season, there's some. Um, there's a lot of hooking up. It gets graphic because you get desensitized. That was so to explicit it. in the trailer of Lindsay oh and my Carl. God. I was like, okay, they were asshole. They were low key. I was like, so they're filming a low key like sex tapes, amateur I porn just think at of all, all times. The people that like see the footage. So I try to just like control myself. My hardest thing is like I get nervous poop all the time, and I'm like, I how many people are listening to me? Like, have my nervous. You can't poop turn right your now. mic off in the bathroom. You have, we can't touch our mics. That's like code 101 you couldn't be like <laughs> i think i like put my hand over it but it's oh, like i could never you get in trouble if you take it. like because that's a that's what makes the show so good like it's <laughs> anything so people are like in a control room somewhere listening to Probably. you shit 
Oh my god. Yeah. Yep. So um, <laughs> that's hysterical. I'm fully exposed at all times. Then that's what makes you vulnerable. But yeah, we all get depressed on Sundays. Is the answer to your question? <laughs> oh no, I will. I just I like I think that's what I think is so interesting is I feel it from you. Like I like from you guys. Like I feel the Sunday scary is vicariously, and I feel like well, my biggest thing is would they intervene if you hired someone to clean? Like, would you not be allowed to do that? I think it's like there's eight of us and they're yeah. kind of and Kyle's like so obnoxious with the cleaning. He's like, it's cleaning time when he was like the one who fucking destroyed everything yeah, <laughs> right. two hours earlier. And recycle your own cans of lover boy bra. It's yeah, I know. We get into so many fights because like me and Paige would be like, just go see. Like, I hope they don't notice that we're in bed, like napping, and they'll like find us. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You guys are napping. We're like, what? Wait, what? You want us to do something? So yeah, it's just <laughs> typical how, roommate bullshit. It sounds like you and Paige need like your own um, ASMR spinoff <laughs> of your conversations. <laughs> the bed, it's all about the bed conversations at night. But I this season, they were like, we were talking about who rooms with who. And I just looked at Paige and I'm like, I don't want to be alone. Like right. it's so much more fun to like, yeah. we became the like social room. So like people would just jump in our bed and stuff and it's just more fun. Well, and I feel like I'm funniest when I'm hungover. Oh, you know yeah. how funny those conversations are when you like feel awful and like you're in bed with one of your like best girlfriends chatting. It's, you're it's just laughing best. at the memories. Also, when we get home, everyone drunk eats so bad. And it's hilarious because you'll see like Amanda just bossing me around like, Hannah, we need prosciutto. We need pasta and get the cheese sticks. And I'm like, we OK. And I like run. <laughs> like We eat so much at night. But also like fine foods, like yes. cured meats. Oh, yes. Cured meats. We are a classy I establishment. Um, I know you can't like tell me exactly what happened, but on, in the trailer, you feel betrayed. You looked so upset. Oh, my. I, I specifically said I feel so like betrayed. And that's a word. That's a word I don't use that often because it means something so specific. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I never use the word betrayed. I think you see that Paige and Amanda um, didn't agree with stuff going on with one of the new cast members, Luke. Okay. Is that and, the hot guy? Yeah. And I just, I felt super misunderstood in the whole situation. Interesting. And I'm interested to see how America is going to take it because it's kind of a gray area. Like they just, they had questions about him and I gave them what I thought the answer was. And I felt like they were projecting some of their issues onto yeah. me. And it's like pretty, pretty, it was really bad. And we weren't, I wasn't planning on it. It was one of those things where I'm like, oh, we'll talk this out and it started getting heated and heated. Huh. Next thing you know, like when Paige raised her voice at me and I raised it back, we both just started sobbing and like I ran out. Yeah. You both don't like this. Like you don't want it to be like this. We, it, I remember cause we talk and we'd be like, if we like, we're never going to get in a fight. Yeah. I was like, we're never. Or she's like, if we do, it's going to be like, it would be like insane. Like you'd have to like fuck my boyfriend. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. And like we got there. It also was like Amanda was there and the new girls, like the three of them against me. And I was like, I got fucking worked up. Well, I kind of, I'm, I'm glad to hear actually it was with the, it was about your girl friendships and not a guy. Cause I think there's something interesting and dynamic there about people. Cause th that those things happen and you do bounce back. And it's not always petty, stupid, manufactured drama. It's like real life. No, it was so unexpected that it like no one expected us to get that passionate about yeah. it. Because like we were crying about our friendship. And I remember at one point, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I was like, he never made me cry. You guys are making me cry right now. Oh, and whoa. it was that kind yeah. of thing where it's like. But and, and Paige has her own relationship drama 
Amanda has her own relationship drama and I have my own relationship drama. So I'm like, we need to be in a circle of trust and right. understanding and non-judgment. But I, I judge their relationships too. So that's where I think it all came to a head. Oh, for sure. And it was, a, it was intense. It's, I stand by everything I did though. And I'm like, I'm interested to see. Oh, I'm America so interested sees, to see now. My, yeah. Well, the, I know it's so hard. You can't say anything. I know. Well, no, but I, I, I like giving as much as I can. That's why I get in trouble all the time, but I've accepted it. Well, with them, like Amanda, I mean like they, Amanda and Kyle like are airing every dark corner of their relationship. And like, it's, it, it would be a little funny. And I know I'm sure you're good friends and they see, is if they're a funny couple where they've aired so many issues, but yeah. like, I'm still rooting for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's an inherent likability there. And I, I think they're both great, but like, it is hard when sometimes you have a friend that gets a bit on like a high horse, uh, and you're like, okay, you know, we, you're one to talk, but then it becomes this unproductive fight where you're just like poking and it's not about what it's about. And it like spirals. I just love the gray area of it. where like, Basically, America has to decide like how they feel about me and Luke. They have to decide about like how they feel about Amanda and Paige, where they're coming from, um, how Amanda and Paige's relationship is with Luke. Like there's so yeah. many different variables going on to why it happened. Yeah. Um, but no one could have anticipated the fight. This is like it's a great teaser. An amazing season. The teaser is was so insane. Like I watched it four billion times. Yeah. Because I kept like laughing or noticing different things i think the goats were the best part of the trailer <laughs> goats are like so hot right now goats they're in all so the yoga right classes <laughs> in LA, i was like running with them going these are my people that was my favorite but um yeah i i also i do love the female friendship aspect of the show where it's like when like me and Lindsay too like you see our ups and downs at what point like we get actually really close last season really and you just it's so funny to see the differences where it's like Everett back oh no thank god uh, the way she said his name used to make me laugh Everett! so yeah. Everett! it really is Carlito! like <laughs> Everett! Everett! yeah she'd say it really fast Everett! it's yeah it's not an it wasn't like a sounded out name it was like an animal noise <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like a squawk. It was. It is just because of how his name sounds. It made me laugh. But um, no, the other thing that made me laugh about the trailer was like I I could see like a twinkle in Carl's eye after he said that line about three balls. I knew he was proud of himself, and I knew he knew it was a soundbite. Yeah, I, like, I got three of them. Also, <laughs> people ask me or like it's like he puts that out there. It, he, everyone's like, does he actually have three balls? I'm like, ask him. He's the one talking about. It. You think right. I've seen it? I'm like only one in the house who hasn't seen it i think we could just take a little zoom on the trailer <laughs> scene of Lindsay's. i mean his pants are tight enough <laughs> they you could are. probably tell yeah i'm it's so funny at one point i was sitting around a table and i'm like am i the only one that hasn't kissed carl here i'm like think i can i can't who's the new girl her name is jules that's right okay you can call me jules yeah um, which is funny because that's like a nickname but she goes by jules yeah okay, so she actually knew me and jordan that was her in. Before she went in. Okay. And um, she has an interesting season. Interesting. It's always, the first one is hard for well, anybody, also, I'd imagine. I came in with Paige. Like, she yeah. came in solo. And me, Amanda, Paige, Lindsay, Danielle, we're, like, strong-ass personalities. Yeah. But, like, if, you, if you're good with us, like, we, we love you so much. Right. But, like, she's younger and was, like, a little timid in the beginning. And you can see, like, again, female friendships, it's hard. I mean, I can't even, well, I'm so, I... In my real life, I never fight with people. And when I'm watching TV, I'm like, is this like, do you fights with your friends off in regular life off TV? Do you know what's crazy? I, I never fight with my family. We're very like, 
we're not very sensitive people. Like no one will get mad for like a cancellation or little things where I know a lot of people do. Or, or my family, if something's happening, we're very vocal. Yeah. And we don't treat it like a big fight. I'll just be like, why'd you talk to her like that? Right. It's not a big deal. We talk it out. So I don't come from a, a family fighting. My parents didn't fight a lot. Or when they do fight, it's a very quick, like, my mom gets annoyed at my dad. My dad gets upset that she's annoyed at him. They wait a while until my dad says sorry. It takes, like, yeah. five or six yeah. hours, and that's how it happens. <laughs> and I've always been surrounded by drama mm-hmm. because I'm, like, an active I'm, I'm kind of like a catalyst. Like I do a lot of things mm-hmm. like you're going to cause drama when you do things that are different. Yeah. But I'm not confrontational at all. I'm a shit talker. I love talking shit. I'm from New York talking. To, but like that's even like wake up in the morning, talk to your friend and be like, oh, my God, so and so was so mean to so and so like right. I'll do that. Right. But I'm not a confrontational person. This show has made me face my fears of like certain social situations yeah. and actually made me mature. Like when I confronted Lindsay for like saying I wasn't feminine enough. I was peeing myself. Like, I was so scared. I almost, like, was whispering it. I was like, hey, I think that, like, it took everything in me yeah. to, like, say the words. And then this last season, I'm going, <laughs> Well, that's, like, incredible personal development because those social things really hold people back. And there's, it's so easy to sweep under the rug and just, oh like, move God. on with your life. But it will forever bother and you. And what happens is it's like, oh, you cannot address it. But yeah. then you just, like, look like you don't stand up for yourself. Right. So I, even someone like you, I feel like we're similar in that like you're matter of fact, but you're not like trying to start shit with people. And no, like God. I don't need extra stress I can't live in, in that life. world. Yeah. I hate being mad at people. I hate hating people. Yes. It's a very bad emotion. But you're you just get presented with stuff. Like, let's say we have a weird altercation the next day, like we're in a kayak together. <laughs> so like you just That's have so to specific. deal with shit. And then it's like, what do you want to be weird the whole time or be like, <laughs> be like, like fucking, paddle. fucking paddle? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Clearly, we'd be in a great kayak together. Um, <laughs> left, right, left, I was, right. I was so mad at Lindsay. There was like after the feminine argument, there was like a dinner, and it was so incredibly patronizing. And you like were wearing a skirt, and she's like, yeah. "Oh, Hannah's wearing a skirt," so and I was just like, "That I hate. I hate when people." draw attention to things that they know is picking at it, perhaps an insecurity or like something that's a vulnerability there. And that's why I'm like, Lindsay, if I, if I needed help, I wouldn't ask you. Okay? Right. So, and my thing is I'm like you where I just am sarcastic and like myself and I'd rather like when finding out a guy wants to have sex with you literally does nothing for me. Men would fuck a hole in a tree. But if a guy is like, she's a good hang. Like yeah. That's, like makes me have butterflies like that's what I want I want to just be my authentic self and I fuck with people because I'm testing them I'm testing to see if they have a sense of humor if they can handle like my shit yeah no totally And like when I meet a guy and I start being weird or funny like that Shane guy who visited this guy Shane and I was bored there were no hot guys around when this is last season this is last season this guy Shane Shane walked in to help with the shot machine the jello shot machine I just was like (laughs) fucking with him I was like Shane, what's it like to like be a professional jello shot or like Shane, where are you from? Like I just was fucking with him and everyone was like, Hannah, you're so bad at flirting. No, just Lindsay was saying that. And he literally was like DMing me the next day because I was fucking with him. It's funny. Have a sense of humor. Don't take yourself so seriously. That's the one thing with like right. dating. Dating is awkward. It is. Like sex is awkward. Right. Let's be honest. So it's like, just don't take yourself so seriously and hopefully you find someone else who doesn't. I haven't found it yet. But um, yeah, I don't, I love flirting. It's my favorite thing to do. 
Well, and like your flirting doesn't need to look like other people's flirting. I'm also not a very like I don't like being sexualized or like, objectified. Yeah. I more want to like connect mentally with people. You're not like I can put my arms together. <laughs> <laughs> Remember like in elementary school how people would like put their elbows behind their back. <laughs> they just like stretch all the yeah. time. Like why is she stretching again? <laughs> right. We get it. You got boobs before everyone else. We get it. It's one of those things where when I always think about how when I was in high school and college, like your currency is being hot. Like all I wanted was to be hot. (laughs) Like that's what mattered. And like how now the inverse would happen and I'd be offended. It's funny because I think because of tennis, my currency was trying to be like a great tennis player. Yeah. And that's which why is better probably. I, it's better. I mean, I had my own issues with it. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I valued myself based on other things. And that's, it made me the person I am today. And like the guy that I want to end up with, I don't, they're not going to be attracted to girls who are like more sexy. Like they're going to be attracted to more like my, whatever I bring to the table. Right, right. And I don't want to change to be something that I'm not. Well, if you don't mind me asking, you mentioned mid tennis, you had a bout with an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Was that rooted in like, the exercise of it all yes yeah, so it was called actually it's called the female triad athlete syndrome it's like a thing i i'm a perfectionist but i never had eating issues and i went down to florida and i remember that like my parents were putting in money and they were like this is your chance if you don't take advantage of this oh, chance yeah. like you will not go pro so i would like wake up early go running eat like a full like big bowl of oatmeal play three hours of tennis, get home, eat like a salad and like chicken, like a big amount. But it's like I clearly needed more. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go play three more hours of tennis, then head to the gym, then get home and have the gym after playing tennis. Yeah, because you need like like, weights. Oh, right. And then I would eat like a a full thing of pasta. And if I was hungry, I no, I ate my food. I I was just like so diligent because I couldn't control like a lot that was going on with my mind. They were changing my forehand grip. They were like, all these pressures of tournaments. So like the only thing I could control was like that I was going to work out and eat well. And I needed like so many calories. I wasn't like eating an apple in a day. I was eating probably like 2000 calories, but I like lost a ton of weight and I lost my period. And it like happens to a lot of athletes. And I just remember my body was telling me you're sick. Like right. one night I just started crying and I didn't know why. Like your body will tell you if your mind keeps lying to you. So like that's why I was like, I want to go home. So it's almost a, a type of issue where it's not rooted in vanity. It's rooted in your like athletic, like intensity and ambition and just calories in, calories out. It was never, I never was like looking at how I looked in the mirror. It was about like being the best athlete I could be when I realized ultimately, which sucks. It's like, just need to be easier on myself yeah I just need to believe in myself yeah and instead I was folk but like believing yourself is such a complicated concept yeah but I just was really really hard and negative and to myself so like my adulthood 20s have just been re changing the conversation in my mind yeah and like take away the thoughts that are like actually just your mean coaches or like that time your dad was disappointed in you and instead mm-hmm telling the story a different way and you're not telling the story differently just listening to your authentic voice right and being like empathetic with yourself yeah like separating yourself from your own thoughts versus like noise is imp- yeah. like impossible unless you're really aware of it yeah so I was hi- I was hyper. that's why I was hyper aware of it and that's why I think I, when the reality tv thing came around 
I would I've never I never like applied to the bachelor I've never wanted to do reality TV you never applied to the bachelor I mean that's my <laughs> no, I feel like everyone's applied so I'm like You'd I haven't so applied to the bachelor funny on the bachelor oh my god honestly I would love to it. be the bachelorette mm-hmm. because I feel like but I feel like I would be too mean to the guys and people they'd get mad they'd be like can you the guys are starting yeah. to get upset because I mean that's like part of how I flirt like I'll make I'll be really mean anyway but I'm too competitive to be on The Bachelor. Yeah. Like, I feel like I just get too competitive and it wouldn't be fun for me. <laughs> I wouldn't be the villain. I just would like be like, if it wasn't working out, I'd be like, oh, fuck this. I don't even like him. Fuck this. I'm over well, it. Like, and they do like foot races sometimes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you would just like go to town. <laughs> like all the physical challenges. Yeah, like I just would embarrass myself by being too serious. Well, and I also see like, um, I don't know if you watched it back in the day, but like, if the bachelor, if the main season star, the bachelor or bachelorette has like a shtick, they run with it like Jake oh. Pavelka on the wings of love. Oh. And yours would be like, Hannah is serving up. Like, <laughs> or like love means nothing in tennis. Mm. Yeah. That comment oh God, was backhanded. Also yeah. when they're like filming and you're supposed to just like look out onto the water, that shit is so funny. I would actually enjoy it. Cause do you guys do B-roll like that? N- no, we don't do any. Our shit is just, we show up. Really? We fucking fight and then we go home. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the uh I I hope honestly, like, do you do you is there like an age in like typical New York summer house culture where people like stop going? Is it like having kids or like will you That's just fucking amazing question? Um when you I think it's like when you get married. Yeah. Oh no, Kyle and Amanda. I don't yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're unique and yeah. they'll they want to go as far as, hang. but once they have kids, I'm going to have to put my foot down and say, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we were kids, the shop machine repairman guys here. <laughs> we have, it's funny. Like I was joking with Paige in 10 years. What if we had a summer house where it's just like us drinking vodka while our kids are like in the pool. It's like, is Tommy drowning again? Sarah, make sure Tommy's right. okay. And it's just us with all our kids. That would be like really fun. <laughs> and, and Lindsay's like, I'm like, Lindsay, if you yell at my fucking kid, I swear to God. <laughs> Oh my God, Lindsay with kids. <laughs> God bless her. Wow. How has like your life changed since you've been on TV? Um, the biggest way that it changed is that people suddenly want to be my friend. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even talking like I get, I'll get recognized and stuff, but I'm talking about like, I'll just, no, I'm not that great at making friends. I don't mm-hmm. care to have that many friends. I like to have just a couple. That's all I need. I'm mm-hmm. not like an actually very social person. Um, so it's like, I'll go to a, a general party where normally I'd have like a lot of anxiety and just stand there and be like, this is awkward. I hope someone talks to me where people like approach me and be like, oh my God. And already assume that I'm like funny and cool and nice yeah. where before I felt like I had to sell that to people. Yes. But then it also gets overwhelming where like just tons of people want to get coffee with me. And yeah. Like pick your brain. And it's, or just like to be like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in forever. And it's like, you just want to oh, tell your like friends that you, you don't me. really. Yeah. Yes. Just, just okay. external friends that yeah. are like, um, Hey, you have so much going on. Like, let's catch up. I'll get that text like three times a week. And I hate saying no to people. I'm very empathetic. And I like push myself too hard. And I had to like have a sit down with myself and be like, you just have to say no. Yeah. Cause I like, go to get coffee with someone. I live in Queens. It takes like a two hour ordeal. Yeah. Um, I talked to Paige about it. She's like, I just don't respond to people. Yeah, I'm kind of a non-responder. I'm See, kind of I bad. need to I need to get there. I'm too <laughs> I'm nice. Working on I don't have boundaries. <laughs> I have like all these people who think we're like best friends and I'm like, I'm just being nice. But like and it, it's not that I'm saying like I don't want friends. I totally do. 
but I just feel a little like more people want to be my friend in a weird way. Yeah, no, I think that's a good answer that I haven't heard before because I think like all the paths you cross in your life with random people, you have relationships at different times. It's an excuse for people to like try to resurrect this relationship that's not there. And yeah, you it's going there. out of obligation, I'd argue, is worse than you saying no. I've yes. And I've met so many cool people that are new friends that I fucking love. Some of it, it's like we're doing similar things. We're at a similar time in our life. Some are just people that I've hit it off with and I would have never met them. And they are doing really different things than me, but they're cool. But then there's some that's like we we didn't have a relationship. We don't have one now. Stop trying to make it or like you can just tell that I've had some weird experiences where I'll get a message from a producer and be like, do you know so-and-so they're like saying they know you and that they like want to be on the show next year. And I'm like, I feel like they could have told me that. Like if you want to. Yeah. Also, that's not how that works. No. And like, not I've the had way to some, go. Or like people tell brands like, oh, like I can come to the party with Hannah Burner," and then being like, can you come to this? Like it's just that's people. Weird. You see different sides of yeah. people. And I'm like, I really am. I don't think I've, changed at all except that i'm like have to say no to hang out with a lot of people and i don't want to go to these fucking events they're stupid well events are funny people think that that's what they want but then you go and it's a bunch of people looking over your head to like see who else is there <laughs> and i'm like this blows like i'm not now i'm not you people think networking is like i have to go to this event i have to network networking is not like having a hundred people that you followed on instagram that you met at these events or having a ton of numbers from bloggers or people that you met it's like really hitting it off with three people yes like literally find three people that you have an incredible like inspirational connection with is so much better than being like well I have tons of contacts <laughs> like I mean Ashley Hasseltine for an example like she has been so inspirational for me I met them at like a Spotify event I meet tons of people at these events but they in particular, I, love I just them. hit it off with. And I might have not. It's I've met people who were like so famous that in my head, I'm like, oh my God, imagine if I was best friends with them. And it's like, but I don't, nothing's coming of this. We're different people. Right. Ashley and I are in a similar place where like we're starting stand up. We have questions for each other. Like I am so inspired by what she's done. And like she has, you know, stuff that I've done that she, we just, she's just been amazing yeah. in my life. And she's more valuable than a hundred contacts because like she's someone who understands me that's so funny I feel the same way about her and like good for her for being such like a non-competitive champion of like oh she's the best. helping like she like, opened me for last la I was like I, I should be opening for you like it's so cool of you to be, even she's, be here and like but I also just, it inspires like I saw that and I was like fuck I want to open for some like podcast around that like and to show like that it's fun oh my god yeah she's because also we have a communal feeling with these podcasts that it's our decision to be like let's collab right let's like the better you do the better it is for me right but I'm doing better it's just there's and, room for everybody and I hate when people act like there's anything oh my else. god you used the word earlier abundance yeah and like I just feel like the feminine energy in this like podcasting space of collaborating is really special right now yeah and I like agree. I kind of want to fucking take over the world with it I really think you should <laughs> and could and it's a it's a business with like no organization not a lot of like yeah. normal management like yep. cluster of an advertising process oh but speaking of I, you have this one advertiser and I love the way you talk about it because you're like start a podcast like just do it and like that nobody says it everyone's like don't start when it's cluttered da, da, da. you're the first person I heard be like yeah like, I think every, I just love when people just do shit like yeah, just do why it not? also everyone's it's like tv oh there are too many tv shows out there 
too much on Netflix. No, everyone's looking for the next best TV show. Right. Start a podcast. Like, who cares? Also, if I didn't start a podcast a year ago because there were too many, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Exactly. So, like, I just always think you never know what's going to be unique. And, yeah, you might not have a lot of followers or a TV show behind it. I totally get that. But if it brings you joy, right. you got something, and you never know where it's going to go. 100%. The last thing I want to ask you about, because I know we have to get to your podcast, is um, <laughs> I just forgot we were recording we, another one. We've all died, don't worry. Um, I okay. So my sister and I did an episode two weeks ago where we read off like listeners submitted pet peeves of uh, Bumble profiles and oh like online God. dating profiles. And the same, so and half like half the conversation is like literally forty plus people submitted like you know. I hate quotes from the office. I hate just a gym looking for my Pam. I hate, mm-hmm. and you had tweeted that. And I was like, Oh my, and that's kind of how I connected. I was like, Oh my God. Like, yes, I didn't know this was such a problem. Cause like I, I, the office is universally liked and it's a show men don't make fun of women for liking. Mm-hmm. And I think it's this weird, like unique point of connection that people have where it's like a cool show that nobody has in a bad <gasps> I think opinion you hit of. It, that both men and women enjoy it. And men don't trivialize it because men trivialize a lot of what women like. And that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the, a, p- a point of contact wow. that like sports is in or like whatever. It's funny. Yeah. My tweet was that um, people have to stop thinking that saying that the office is a personality trait. Yes. On, yes. Because it's like it's not a personality trait. The office is funny. To be honest, I haven't watched office. And I know really? like, people are going to freak out. I, ha- I haven't watched. I don't watch like that much TV. I personally love reality TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I don't think it's not funny. I'm sure it's really funny. Yeah. I just haven't gotten to do That's it. So, funny. so like when I see the office, it's like, I don't, don't talk to me unless you watch the office. I'm like, OK, yeah, I'm not funny. Yes, sorry. I, talk to I'm you. Like, yes, I'm not funny enough. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> nothing to say. I also my biggest pet peeve is when people say they love good food. Oh, my God. Friends, family, food, travel. It's like, oh, you like good food. Also, yeah, don't talk to you unless you love traveling. Um, yeah, everyone loves fucking vacation. Right. It's just dating. I'm currently on some and it like it, at first you're inspired and then you just feel really sad at like the depth of personalities. <laughs> oh, totally. But, but I'm happy. They're all going to love the office and watch the office together. But I just need to find someone who doesn't need to tell me. Well, right. First date that it, the office is their personality. Well, also, we were laughing at how people think it's a good idea to lead with what they don't want instead of what they do. Oh, God. And like, don't talk to me if X is bullshit or like only looking for a certain type of people are saying like a lot of people said that these guys will say um, like, if you wear a lot of makeup, consider me not interested. And I'm like, shut yeah, up. Yeah, one guy, the first thing he said, he was like, my most controversial opinion Red lips are ugly. And I'm like, okay, okay, negative Nancy. Yeah, relax. Um, you haven't seen. Sorry, Taylor Swift is a tr- triggering <laughs> for you. <laughs> I could go through. I, I, I swipe really fast. Like, I know immediately, like, what's wrong and what's not. I don't like that guys that write too much on it. It's like, how much thought are you putting mm-hmm. in the fucking essays? Um, it's, it's rough out there. What are your, so like, what are your top pet peeves besides the like travel and, uh, office? My pet peeves, um, I do think, yeah, like, the good food is super annoying to me exclamation points boner killer i tweeted it once i said if you use an exclamation point when we're texting i will never fuck you and it got reposted on like kind of a male oriented yeah. account i was getting death threats my with fam- exclamation with- marks <laughs> and then in my dms to this day i get people going hey your whole thing about not using exclamation marks has changed my life and like i have so many more good conversations with girls and it's like if a guy texts you, hey, exclamation mark versus just, hey. Right. Th- I'm sorry. There's something about it. I don't know if it's like 
it's just too try hard or maybe yeah. there's like a feminine energy to yeah. it of like hey girlfriend hey yeah right um and, and when a guy uses fucking like emojis and shit i can't deal with that emojis and- i i find incredibly unattractive and i especially the one that's like one eye out <laughs> tongue out and what there's nothing more confusing to me than when somebody takes the time to draw out that like dash sign slash sign it's like the, this like it's like this typed out thing of, of characters you can tell people's personality disorders so by just how they like write captions yes. on instagram and stuff so i think it's sad because you see the actual dating pool for what it is um and i'm not saying like oh people are shitty it's just that like everyone has a type and there's only so many types out there yeah and we're all not brilliant marketers i mean yeah. putting trying to represent yourself adequately in a few words and photos is like actually kind of takes some yeah skill. all my answers i say i say um what was I'm on thing? tv <laughs> no so i don't i say i'm a video producer like i still really? my friend was like why don't you see your comedian or stuff it's like honestly i don't I haven't online dated since I got some like relative sense of like social clout from the show. Yeah. And it's kind of changed. Like I have guys be like, I'm not gonna lie. I watch a show. I think Carl's awesome. Like I just don't, I, okay. I don't want to go on a date. I don't want to go date with that guy. <laughs> like I can't date somebody who thinks Carl's I, awesome. I can't do that. <laughs> no, but like I can, thank you for like now I don't have to I would never admit that if, even if I recognized you and I was a dude. No, I I've had a lot that. of people or like I get on a date and they just ask about the show the whole time. And like, so that it's actually really negatively affected my dating life. Yeah. I'm a little worried about it. Um, and then Raya sucks. Oh my God. I shouldn't say it's that. All it's all photographers. It's all photographers. It's all, um, like skinny artsy dudes with like the occasional hockey player who is in Canada. Yeah. And female bloggers and female bloggers. I'll read you mine if you want to know. Um, I'm always interested. My most embarrassing song on my Spotify wrote Space Jam soundtrack. So if somebody typed and said, come on and slam exclamation mark. Yes or no. Because you can't. Space Jam is an exclamation pointy song. That is an incredible question. If he just wrote, come on and if he said, come on and slam now, I'd be like, haha. And I give him a second chance. But he's already on my shit list. Okay, good to know. Um, I'm looking for my chapstick. What I wrote then unusual skills, Irish exiting. So, like, you can't really tell that I'm, I, like... Yours is, um, it's neutral and funny. And then I just say video producer, University of Wisconsin-Madison, Brooklyn, New York. I love that. It's very, like... What's the question of I'm looking for my chapstick? You can find me doing... Oh, the question is, um, it just says I'm looking for. And then you uh, write something. So people oh, thought it that's was... that's funny. People thought it was, like, I'm looking for someone who... When guys are like, if you don't work out, don't message me. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? That's so stupid. So yeah, I just did my job sick. So like, it's kind of funny. That's, that's it's funny enough. Like, yeah. I don't need to be like a fucking clown on my... Right. <laughs> I thought that was like a headline. It was like, Hannah, I'm looking for my chapstick. And I was like, it's pretty cute too. <laughs> Honestly, might be my new Insta bio. Yeah. It kind of is universal and helpful. Um, no, you are such a delight. I'm so happy to meet you. We're going to like go on, record Hannah's podcast now. Where you, you, we'll tell people about the podcast and kind of what your objective is. Yeah, so Burning in Hell, B-E-R-N-I-N-G. It's not like a weird um, cult for Satan. It's just a place I talk to people who a lot of people look up to about their demons, their dark stuff, their anxieties, fears. Um, and I'm so excited to have you on it. I can't wait. <laughs> well, thank you for being on mine. I know people will love this. People love you and the show. And uh, I want to like loop back with you once I get to watch the actual season. I want like you need to text me throughout 
the I just love talking about summer house conspiracy theories and like what people are thinking from their perspective. I just I enjoy the show so much. You like shouldn't tell me that because I'm going to be like, I think that <laughs> I have people like <laughs> lover boys being funded by a <laughs> <laughs> rush is involved. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have people just like send me their like thought process throughout the whole thing. And I look at my phone. I'm like 472. Who's been watching Summer House? But That's um, no, so fun. I think from someone who's experienced in reality TV watching, I take um, I take your advice seriously. I am a bit of, uh, by Malcolm Gladwell standards, I am an expert. Yeah. So I, many, I many hours. that. I respect that. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. Make sure to listen to Burning in Hell as well. I don't know if these will come out the same week, but hopefully. And um, I'll do a separate outro. But thanks, Amazing. Anna. Thank you. Bye. Yay. I left in her yay at the end because I, th- I thought it was so cute. And also, like, it just shows how nice she is. She's like, oh, my God, that was so fun. Now, And then let's go talk for two more hours. Truly, not everybody is pleasant to record with, and she was such a doll, and I loved this convo, and I can't wait to watch Summer House, and I will text her and ask all the things and what I'm allowed to relay back. I will. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm recording a podcast with Merit soon. I'm still working on my Kate Lila Relationships and Colin podcast. There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline that I'm super excited for, and I'm excited to see a lot of you tomorrow at my like pop-up live show in Chicago. It should be fun. I'm trying to figure out a way put decades stuff on the podcast because you need the like visual aid but I don't know I'm gonna work something out I feel like I don't want to be like unfair and only do it live because I did tell you I was gonna do it and it's like some of my favorite stuff because I could talk about Pinterest all day um but yeah thanks so much guys go to Facebook to join be there in five totally casual breezy Facebook group um you need to answer all the questions to be let in and also like I like I, I can tell like people that are coming to lurk that are versus people that are like real listeners. So just like, you know, put some effort into the questions as all I ask, because it's there's like a tr- it's like a treasure trove of information in there. And I just want to make sure people are, uh, you know, there for the right reasons. Um, don't forget to rate, subscribe, review. It would like mean the world to me. Um, I was reading uh, <laughs> my friends. Girls got to eat Ashley and Raina. They were this awesome entrepreneur magazine article today. They're like tangible uh, business tips for like starting a podcast and podcast has to be run like a business. And they're so often written off as like being easy and everyone has one. Da, da, da. But like this is a harder business to build than my actual business because there's no blueprint and um, people hold their cards pretty close to their chest and they're incredibly open and they gave really good advice. And one of the things was they're like, we're always asking people to like share with a friend uh, to share on Instagram stories, to post a clip that you like or whatever. and. I realized like I get, maybe I don't ask that enough and I don't want you to feel like you have to. But also if you, something does ever strike a chord, an old episode, a new episode, and you want to post it on stories, it's so much easier for me to see stories now because I get notified in like the main thing, which is like a life changer. Um, and it like means a ton to me. And uh, yeah, that's like really the only way people find out about it and it grows. So if you ever feel like sharing, please do. If you ever feel like rate, subscribe, review five stars, please do. Don't forget to go to rothys.com slash be there in five made from recycled bottles. I mean, I feel a little bit better now, you know, whenever people ask me where my clothes are from, I'm like, I found it like on the floor under a rack at Zara. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't have the money <laughs> to, to, to get myself out of fast fashion. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, but, you know, this will make me feel a little bit more responsible, you know? Anyway, guys. Okay. Well. I love you. Thank you so much. And as always, let me know your thoughts and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. Hey, thanks. Thanks for that summer. It's cold where you're going. I hope that 
your heart's always one. 